You said attack. I did say attack. I, I thought did... you said duck. No, I've not got a foul. Hey, you started with a pun. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tom and Matt Attack. Hello. Hello. We're back, both of us, in one place. Theoretically speaking, we've neither of us has done a podcast in two weeks because I did mine pretty much the day after Thomas left. And so. You- yeah, Here's where I admit I'm very ashamed to say I actually haven't listened to either of the podcasts really? that you recorded. Not the wonderful people at Press Play were so nice I to welcome what, us into their home. My intention and, oh. was to, yeah. but unfortunately, due to my computer and being away for a while, I'll explain. So I was going to listen to the podcast on the train to York when I went away, uh, when I right. to the UK. But my computer's iTunes is too old to connect my iPod to. To copy okay. the podcast to my iPod. So therefore, I didn't listen to it when I intended to. Okay. And then... It's not a valid excuse. I, I didn't get a moment to uh, to listen. But I, I, I'm assuming it's great. I I reckon it's up for a podcast BAFTA. <laughs> this is just my I personal opinion. Than, than anything but, that we've ever done. Yeah. Um, as I do honestly feel very bad about it. And I haven't said this to Matt yet. It's okay. I'll do it live on. Yeah. I'm I'm breaking my heart live. <laughs> I'm trying to hold a straight face, but the sadness, Tom, it runs deep. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but anyways, how was well the UK? Done. What did you do in the UK? Thank you. That BAFTA's in the post. <laughs> yeah, how was the UK? You oh, fucking Judas. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. As I said, I went on a little holiday with my girlfriend to York, which is a lovely city. Yeah, uh, great. Very nice. And we did the usual touristy things. Uh, we went to the, the, the Castle Museum and the little uh, fort thing that, that overlooks the Castle Museum. Right, the okay. It's like, um, it's not like quite a castle. It's like a little uh, lookout thing okay. that looks a bit like a castle. Right. Is there like a cheese factory in New York? I'd imagine there'd be a big cheese a factory. Cheese factory. Go cheese. On, crackers. One. Strong I, tea. I These are things I associate <laughs> with Yorkshire. I kind of knew it was a... A popular destination, but I didn't expect it to be such a such a tourist trap. It really was. As soon as we got off the train and arrived in New York, I thought, wow, this is a nice station. <laughs> this really? is very nice. And my first impressions, and my second impression was, as I got out of the station, how many floods of people there were, you know, uh, just, just on the streets, you know, coming in and out of York. I was like, wow, this is uh, popular. It's pretty good. The weather was lovely. So had a lovely little bed and breakfast, uh, which I enjoyed. Immensely, a lovely room. The bathroom, I tell you, was like a hotel bathroom. The quality of it. Really? In yeah. a bed and breakfast? That's good. Nice, nice room, yeah. And oh. we got in, we were a bit knackered. Uh, it was a hot day, so we just uh, lay down for a moment where, and watched Gino De Campo. Okay. On, you know, the, 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 the Italian chef? Yes, I know Gino it's, De Campo. There's this show called uh, G- Mel and Gino, so our lunch with Mel and Gino. You okay. know that, 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 who is it? That me- that Des and Mel, remember that show? Yeah, yeah. This is going to mean nothing. I think to he anyone. was on there. Sorry, the, to our US listeners, uh, 
and elsewhere. Show <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Let's just get off. It's yeah, pretty much. Called... He's a popular chef. Yeah, Des and Mel, and now 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 Mel's gone off with this Italian. Not gone off. Basically, she presents a show with this guy called Gino De Campo, who's a pro- popular celebrity who chef. Who used in the to be UK. on a chef. Used to be like the guest chef on the yeah. show whenever they needed someone to cook something. Yeah. In the past. Yeah. But he's very popular. And in I realised just how popular he is. He had a range of the... frozen foods, Tom. He's really? breaking it in. Going, yeah. Going around the shops, I noticed Gino De Campo everywhere, and all his face, you know, looking back at me with his little glistening eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Has he become the new Jamie Oliver in our absence? I think he has. Now, Denmark, watch out. You know, I know I noticed when I first came to Denmark, it was all about Jamie Oliver over here on the TV, on the, the products, you know, he got his face on the fish fingers with his name on. He did, name on. his smug face. Wait, oh. wait, for, uh, wait for Gina Campo, a very charming uh, Italian gentleman. With a fantastic range of frozen foods. He won an award, you know. Really? For the best Italian uh, cookbook or something. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Was he made a game at all? <laughs> I don't know if he's uh, sold out to video games. Oh, video oh, games! My God, yeah, it's almost <laughs> as if we're on a video game podcast. Do you know the Campos Cooking Mama? Imagine how great that would be—just like oh. a, a really charming Italian guy, just yeah. being like, "I put in the vegetables." I'm putting the vegetables in the pan and in the boiling. <laughs> Sorry, Italian yeah. listeners. Sorry, Matteo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're all... Anyway, yeah, we're having d- fun. Despite what I said there, I have played a few video games. Actually, really? You've played a few video games? I'd say probably probably more than I usually play. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, True. coming to that, you've played a lot of video games. I've not played that many. Mm. It's been interesting. Yeah, yeah go on. T- tell us a little bit about the, the, the past uh, three weeks for you, Matt. Sat at my house. Um, played a few video games. Uh, bought a few video games. Uh, those who have been following our Twitter will notice I picked up a lot of Game Boy games. I yeah, you assume. seem to have really gone down the Game Boy track. It's like you're solely buying Game Boy games. Pretty it's much at the moment. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, Why? I don't is know. It, is it because they're the only games available or is it because it, um, a choice? Um, I've seen a lot games. of Game Boy Advance games. I've seen a lot of DS games. I don't know. It's just been really charming. Like I've, I've kind mm. of thought about myself as a gamer and like how after talking with Pearl on last week's podcast even though it was two weeks ago we just kind of discussed the oh, aesthetic yeah, of the Game Boy and stuff and kind of a walk down memory lane I thought about all you know like I've said in the podcast before like my main experience of Mario as a kid was uh, Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2 and just kind of thought yeah Game Boy and then I joined RetroCollect.com which is a fantastic website yeah for I noticed You'd mentioned something about that. Yeah, um, you can log all. It's pretty much they've got a fantastic database of all the power releases of games. Mm. And then you can kind of log in all your stuff there. And I spent the time one evening to do it. And I, I realized I had pretty much a lot of Game Boy games. I thought, ah, as it, they're readily available and quite cheap here in Denmark, why not try and collect them a bit? It seems mm, good. Is that affordable? It seems pretty affordable, yeah. Like, I don't think I've paid over £2 for a Game Boy game so far. Like, I know there are rare games and stuff that if I did go for a complete yeah, PAL collection... Think, now, what's the most expensive Game Boy game I've ever there's bought? There's one by Sunsoft that's worth about 200 quid. Mega Man 5 is really rare as well, which I had at one point, which I'm kicking myself over. Hang on, I'm going to look through my Game Boy games. Okay. Uh, but no, I've purchased a load. I literally have a box, and that's kind of why we're not going to do bought games this week. Uh, I've picked up all the Pokemon titles. I've picked up the Mario Land games. I've picked up the Wario Land games. I've picked up the Game & Watch gallery. God, I've picked up loads. I've picked up loads of Disney games as well. Like, I've got Jungle Book. I've what got you the say two Smurf up? games. Do you mean bought them or just picked them up? 
Uh, I just picked Sorry. them up, looked at them, turned them over, put them back down. It just seems quite affordable here to buy Game Boy games. And I've got some games I didn't know existed. Uh, listeners of the podcast will know I'm very fond of Boy and His Blob on the NES and its Wii remake. Picked up a sequel for Boy and His Blob, Tom. Didn't mm. even know that existed. Boy no. and His Blob 2. Actually yeah. very like, fun it's, game. It's like Metroid 2. On the yeah, game, the game Game Boy sequel to a. You picked up Shadow Warrior there. Tom's thumbing through his collection of Game Boy games. Is that a remake of the NES game, or is different it... game actually? This Shadow Warriors for the uh, Game Boy is actually another game, not a Ninja Gaiden game, but it's a Ninja game made by someone else. Oh really? Is I it... think I'm pretty sure uh, it's a little bit different than the other. The other ones. I think he's got a grappling hook in it. Really? Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I'll I, have to I, give it a play. Yeah, give it a go. I could be wrong, but uh, honestly, I can't. I'm not sure. I mean, what did I have there? The Wario uh, Land games. Maybe Wario Land 2 and 3 and maybe a little bit more. I think the most I've paid for a game by game, and that was a recent purchase just because I've always wanted to own the cart, was uh, Final Fantasy Legends 3. Oh, yes. You I got that, that mint box copy off Games World Bod. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. He's hunting in Italy for games at the moment, so oh. I can't wait to see what he finds. Um, yeah, I, I paid uh, £40 for that, I think it was. <laughs> Rare game, boxed yeah, in a yeah. fantastic boxed, condition. Yeah. So I, I can't say, in regards to original Game Boy games, I've got many uh, boxed ones. Uh, maybe a few more advanced. Boxed. I think I've got most... I think a lot of the ones I had as a child are boxed. I know my Kirby's boxed. Um, yeah, the what? Yeah, like my. Actually, Pokemon. I'm going to bring this up. This could be a good topic of conversation. I know both me and you personally, we're not really minting box guys. We well, don't. Like, again, the, the experience to me is you want to play the game, and regardless of if it's in a box or not in a box, it's, I guess it's kind of nice to have a box. But when you're thinking about storage, I've got a massive pile of empty Game Boy boxes. Like, yeah. Um, and then I get to the point now of thinking, well, I don't really need the box to play the game. Yeah, exactly. This is my kind of thought on it. <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. Like, the whole idea of having games to me is to play them. Mm. And when you can get things like Metro 2, Return of Samus, just it's on the top of the pile... For like, I don't know. Uh, I got the price on the back, £2.50. £2.50. I think I paid about that for it as well. Admittedly, a few years ago. But like, that's probably about £18, £19, if not more for a box copy, I'd say, right? It yeah. It's probably in the £20 pound region. If like, you're a collector of boxed Game Boy games, I guess. There's maybe... Oh, I guess there's plenty of people out there who, who do. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of the guys on Retro Collect, I yeah. noticed uh, just browsing the forums and stuff, seem to be completely about box games and mm. i've purchased a few super nintendo rpgs recently like i was lucky enough to snag a copy of lufia 2 for 50 pound box complete which is great i also picked up well in the process of buying a copy of breath of fire as well which is boxed but honestly like i just want the card i just want to be able mm. to play the game and i got kirby and the amazing mirror i think that's worth quite a bit yeah i've got that boxed got that box got it cheap it's not well. like we're in Dreamland the other day, like a proper copy. So <laughs> I know you're <yours> a pirate. <laughs> what did you say? It's a it's we a counterfeit cart, I uh, believe. Yeah, well, it, that is true. Yeah, I I, I didn't realise at the time, but I bought a a, a copied cart of Kirby uh, Nightmare in Dreamland uh, unintentionally. Yeah, it seems to be a big problem. Like I've noticed as well when I've been going around. Uh, Notice if you see the difference between those two. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's particularly on the uh, Game Boy. It's not now. just the. The groove at the top of the Game Boy Advance games on the counterfeit carts aren't as tight 
as mm. it is on the thing. And when you push them into the console, you'll notice it'll be slightly mm. out. But there's a really, really easy way to check. And I might even do a video for our YouTube. Who knows? Uh, just because it seems like a common thing I've seen here in Denmark where I've seen a lot of counterfeit carts for the Game Boy Advance. If you just tilt the cartridge mm. and look at the circuit board, you can actually see the Nintendo name on the proper cartridges. It's not on there. I'll show you later. I'll put a video up. Anyway. Yeah, no, even the Nintendo logo on this counterfeit cart isn't the same. Yeah, uh, and a lot the of the times the serial number on the front isn't the actual game either. Yeah. It's usually something else. The most telling thing about this copy, though, is it doesn't save, and there's a, there's a screen at the, the front saying it's cracked as well. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. The, the weird screen with a, with a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, an interesting th- side note again. Like, I've seen a lot of... Game Boy bootlegs, which is something I've not really seen before. Like, obviously, I've seen, like, the 35-in-1 games, which are just... How oh, we should do a feature on them. I think we, I think you should. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, hey, here's five games, and we're going to rename them, so there's 35 of them on one cart. But I've actually started finding games uh, by a company, I think they're called Sahara, mm. and they're original games. Like, so they are like four in one, but they're not Game Boy games. They're not like the 35 in one cart I've got at the moment that I found is Lucky Luke, uh, actually a better version. I think it might be Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, where it's just uh, Mario World, but it's in color. And Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, yeah, I have that. Yeah, is that Super Mario Land? Yeah, no, Super Mario original, Super Mario oh, Brothers. Su- oh, okay. As in the, the arcade game? No, the first one. On the oh, it's in the NES one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's uh, deluxe. Wow. <laughs> but no, I've just seen a lot of these bootlegs recently. Like I'm telling Tom, I found a website in Denmark to get games. And someone was selling a counterfeit Sonic. But it seemed, ah, yeah. I, I googled it and it seemed to be a version of Sonic 1 for the mass system. But scaled down to be played on a Game Boy in black and white. Looked amazing. Interesting. Yeah, the guy didn't get back to me, unfortunately, but I would have mm. picked it up. He's only selling it for 20 krona. Again, yeah. everything's so cheap for the console. It just yeah. seemed like a great thing. Yeah. I recommend a Game Boy game. Uh, Micro Machines 1 and 2 Twin Turbo is very playable on the Game Boy if you want a portable Micro Machines game. Really? That's, That's cool. Obviously, the original Micro Machines. I think my favourite Game Boy game is one Tom brought back for me, actually. Managed to pick it up. Kid oh, Dracula. Yes. I love that yeah. game. It's I- kind of a spiritual predecessor to Symphony of the Night as well. Not in the RPG elements and the fact it's a Castlevania game. But you play as Alucard. Kid Dracula is Alucard, as in the main character from Symphony of the Night and many other Castlevania games. Mm. And it's just a really fun platformer. It's got a really nice aesthetic. The sprites are drawn really cool. You'd really sink your teeth into it. It's a bloody good time. It's a bloody good time. (laughs) I'm a fan of it. I go batshit over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's oh not my as good. God. Fantastic. <laughs> so, other than Game Boy games. Oh, actually, now, before we move on from Game Boy games, I just want to point out how many Game Boys Matt has. I'm tr- struggling to get over this now. Yeah, I'm well, actually going to. G- as you appear today with another Game Boy. I'm going <laughs> to give one away, though. I, I, As I've posted on Twitter earlier, one of our colleagues, Chris, is a guy I carpool with, and I've been going back and forth to most of these car boots with. Uh, actually, he said to me a few weeks ago, he goes, oh, I've got a Game Boy somewhere because mm. I bought two in a car boot. Uh, he said, you, you're welcome to have it. He said, you know, I don't play it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I, I didn't press the issue. And uh, on our way to the car boot today, after we'd been to two and we hadn't really found anything, he goes, oh, there's a present for you in the back seat. 
So I turned around and I looked, and lo and behold, in his bag, there was a Game Boy bag in a nice little puffy presentation case. I like how you said puffy. Puffy. <laughs> not puffy. 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 What yeah. do you mean by that? You know, it's... Uh, padded. It's padded. It's a soft material. Looks like yeah. it could take a knock, though, which is yeah. quite nice. And, and yeah, the Game Boy's in good condition, so the Absolute, case is doing its job. I've not seen the Game Boy Original. that mint in a very, very long time. Mm. Uh, so I was amazed to get it, and I finally got a working copy of Tetris because the copies, I've every copy I've picked up of Tetris, ever in my life, yeah, and maybe has been broken. That they've been played to death. Maybe, yeah. Well, it is the best-selling Game Boy game. Uh, I remember in the N64 magazine many years ago, they had a free gift with it. it was a book, uh, the best games on the Game Boy. Yeah. And uh, I tracked a lot of them down, actually. Stuff like Bloom Kid and, and Driver as well was in there, which is good. The Game Boy Color version Driver. I've not played it. Um, got that somewhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tetris was, of course, at number one, probably sitting alongside... Uh, Super uh, Mario Land 2. Yes, and Pokemon. Oh, of course, Pokemon. <laughs> uh, and uh, Link's Awakening. Yep. Game Boy, great. We we approve of Game Boy. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, We've been also been, uh, of course, I got back from the UK and brought a few consoles back with me. I brought my uh, Mega Drive and... Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn. And a lovely, lovely uh, adapter for the Super Nintendo, which allows you to play uh, NES games on it, which um, I say the best way to play NES games at the moment. Because really? <laughs> it's so finicky getting a NES to... Well, your NES is a pain. I've got actually, yeah, I need to see about that. I send a warranty But it, it's, it's not just isolated to your NES. My NES at home is temporary. No, yeah. So, I, and this is, this is a problem with the console. The awkward on the uh, European NES consoles, we have this awkward kind of the way of putting the games in the console. Yeah. Which is very weird. It's like putting a videotape. Yeah, almost. It, it is down. definitely, it's like a VHS player, <laughs> but you put it in... And instead of like the tape deck dropping itself, you've got to click it down. And that means usually with a European NES, the connectors at the back kind of get scuffed from where you yeah. stuff the cartridge in. And sometimes they don't connect to the chip in the cartridge. Yeah. And it just doesn't play games. Uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful thing that usually happens sometimes with older consoles where you've got a blinking red light where it kind of turns itself off and on. And then, you know, you've got to adjust your connectors. It, yeah. This, this bypass is all that crap. Yeah. And, and it plays everything, I'm led to believe. It works on my uh, SNES, which is, uh, it's, it's got, it can play uh, PAL and uh Yeah, it's uh, got a, it's got a trip few, switch in it, right? Yeah, it's got switches on it. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if it works in my uh, US Super Nintendo as yeah, well. I think, I think it does. Anything. The actual product is a US product. Okay. So, yeah, it should work in anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it called? It's Retro something, right? Uh, retro Player something. I, re I recommend it highly. It was quite affordable. Uh, just about £25, perhaps, something like really? that. Really? That's pretty good. I, I mean, especially when you consider the price you pay for a NES. I mean, if you've got a Super Nintendo, you're laughing. Yeah. I, it's very interesting how it connects as well. You've got, it's got a little... Uh, AV uh, Jack on the, yeah. on the side to put in your AV cable. So you connect it to your television through one AV cable connected to the device. Yeah. You don't need to plug in the AV for this Super Nintendo. That's not needed. Uh, you just plug oh, it Oh, okay. The, that's yeah. interesting. So it just powers it up than the Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's great. It is. Uh, yeah. Can't recommend that enough. Uh, uh, 
what do we do when we first the, the morning after I got, I got back quite late on Friday night and the morning after we, we sat down and uh, I know Matt was eager to play Waku Waku 7 again my favourite 2D fighter and I- Holds yeah. up. I love it. Fantastically. You know, uh, we played a lot of 2D fighters that day, and, and by far, Waku Waku was the best. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely in my list of, of favorite 2D fighters. It's, it's in my list of favorite games. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's so fun. Like, when you're playing as a robotic tank controlled by two little dogs, mm. and you're playing as what is blatantly a ripoff of Totoro, but with a little girl on top of his head and there's and the uh, the punching it, bag which is uh, modeled off Ryu from Street Fighter yeah oh god it's such a good game but there's like I said there's no seriousness to it because yeah. it's such a wacky game it's just fun to play you just it's pick so it up solid as, as a fighter as well though isn't it it's yeah. a very well made fighting game by Sunsoft um, we'll point out at this point uh, we're playing these games on a uh, European uh, Saturn uh, maybe if you've heard from the older podcasts, I've probably mentioned that. Tom's I Japanese some, one, yeah. Some kind ago, uh, some time ago, yeah. But originally I had a Japanese one, which I bought all these Japanese games for. Now I've got a European one that I brought over to, to Denmark, uh, complete with an action replay cartridge. Uh, it's action replay, gives you the, the, the cheats, of course, as, as we all know these action replay things do. Uh, not interested in that whatsoever. No. Was more interested in the fact it's a RAM cartridge, so all those games that require the extra RAM, uh, it does that function it but it also lets you play games from any region which is great which is perfect and if i'd have known years ago when i bought my japanese one that this kind of thing was available i might have uh, got that instead but um as it is i've got two satins uh, but this one this one's great and it resides here in our retro corner with the rest of our growing collection of consoles it does uh, if you look on our twitter i actually posted a picture we've yeah. got a lot of stuff now. The only thing we're really missing is a Master System and an N64, right? Oh, and a Dreamcast. No, we tried the N64, so yours one Yeah, one unfortunately, died. mine died in transit. Uh, Rest in peace. I got one back in the UK. Perhaps I'll bring it over at some point. I think I'll track one down. I, I don't think it'll be too hard. Yeah. A good friend of the podcast, uh, Ali, at the Retro Hunter, said he's looking out for one for me That's as well. That's good of him. So. Um, and the Dreamcast I haven't brought over yet. Unfortunately, when I was last back in the UK, my Dreamcast uh, got, got ill again. Really? And uh, it's doing its random reset. No, it's, it, uh, it's an easy fix, and I've done this many times in the past, but uh, when I didn't know about how to fix it, I did go through a few Dreamcasts. I think I have a total of four at home in the UK. Wow. Are they all with the same problem? Uh, one's got a, a more serious problem. The, 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 uh, it won't read discs, not with a laser. But the other three all have the same problem. So you yeah. could easily fix all three of them, then. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, which is pr- pretty cool, yeah. But... um. Yeah, we played some Japanese games to begin with uh, on this European Saturn. Uh, we, we, we played fighting games mostly, didn't we? We did. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think, uh, short of Panzer Dragoon, I think we played Primer. Like we played, uh, the other one played Galaxy Fight, which is uh, made by Sunsoft, like Waku Waku 7. It's a spiritual prequel to it, right? Like Yeah, it's part of Sunsoft's kind of fighter trilogy they released on Saturn, which uh, is Galaxy Fight, Waku Waku 7, and uh, Astro Superstars. Which isn't a game where celebrities drive around in Astros, no. It's a rather expensive Japanese Saturn game, which I think I saw on eBay for about £60. And uh, I've, yeah, I've stopped myself buying it. I'm not going to lie to you. If it if I YouTube it and it looks anything like Waku Waku 7, I might have to buy it's, it. It's a little different. You, you're kind of flying. Okay. Yeah, while well, you're fighting. That's interesting. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. And it's ha- quite highly regarded. Yeah. Anyway, we haven't got that one. 
We also play Groove On Fight, which is part of the Power Instinct series, a series of fighting games I'm very fond of. I'd never played. Yeah. I thought it was ace. Yeah. It's really it's got cool. got some great characters, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Some of them are a bit ropey, but like, um, what was the guy? I like the two old grannies tied the, together. They were a good Yeah, one. and then they like bite you and they turn <laughs> young and that freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want to see a great, it, it's uh, published by um, Atlas. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. I was amazed as well to see that Atlas, you know, famed for the Shin Megami Tensei and mm. the Persona series and stuff. Generally RPGs in my head, even though they have done some other genres, like. But I thought, oh, amazing Atlas! So it's got the quirkiness of an Atlas title, but with a really solid two D fire. I remember, if I correctly, in the 90s, there was a wave of, like, parody fighters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, p- games that were parried in the genre because it all became a bit too serious with King of Fighters and Street Fighter. Yeah. But, like, some amazing games were obviously coming out of it because, like, Waku Waku 7 is definitely among them. Yeah. Like, I said, I can't sing definitely. the praises of that game highly enough. Um, where are we? Where are we up to? Panzer Dragoon, that was good. Panzer Dragoon's ace, yeah. It's hard, but it's good. Tom's got an eBay purchase. Oh, what Amiga All New World of Lemmings. Very rare and original. Ending soon. Wow. For that Amiga, you've got a home that you never brought over. It's a bit heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing about Panzer Dragoon is it's like, wow, 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 wow. It's a shame the Saturn didn't succeed. That's such a great game with a great soundtrack. and uh, second one's supposed to be even better, right? Yeah, I haven't played it for a while. Um, I'll definitely have to play it again now it's over here. But there are others. Uh, I also got a few European Saturn games, which I was playing back in the UK. Uh, highlight for me was probably Alien Trilogy. You said it's a very good game, right? Yeah, a great atmospheric game. I think uh, most would say it's probably better than the more recent Colonial Marines, which I haven't played, but I was tempted to pick up back in the UK because I kept seeing it for 12 quid. It's because it's terrible, though. Yeah, well... My there's a reason there's 12 quid, Tom. That game came out like a month yeah. ago and it's like 12 pounds. Yeah, I, I have a friend who played it and he, he agrees it's not a great game. He said the the initial first level was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, obviously, harking back to the films and you see characters from the movie and the, the, the end of Aliens. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't bother in the end. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. You did pick up Dead Space 3, though. I did. Of arguable... Right, I picked up Dead Space 3 because uh, I like playing co-op games with yeah, my you good do. friend Gareth back in the UK. And we've been playing Resident Evil 6 and we don't really like it that much. No, and it's really not enjoyable to watch. Like and if I'm on I figured couch. that I was after some kind of survival horror action-ish game. Right. And decided that, uh, well, let's give Dead Space 3 a shot. It must be better than Resident Evil 6. I don't think that's hard in all fairness. So it probably <laughs> would be. But... I don't know. Like, I just... The first game, the difference between the first and the second, for me, just kind of is a bit crappy. I've played the first one briefly, and I liked it. I loved Um, the first one. It was one of the first survival horror games I'd played in a long while. And admittedly, it does... A lot of people don't seem to like it because it relies a lot on, like, the, ha-ha, this is going to burst, and something's going to jump out on you kind of horror. That's the ride. Yeah, but, you know, some people a more for psychological yeah. horror and stuff but yeah. I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really solid game and in all fairness it did scare the crap out of me at points mm. like when you're fixing up your gun and you're like do 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 fixing up my gun and then get stabbed by a necromorph because mm. you're in game and it adds that suspense mm. to it which yeah is great 
So looking forward to giving that a, a, a crack. Uh, but going back to uh, Alien Trilogy, uh, that game itself is quite scary. It's got a lot of atmosphere. Really? It's got, yeah, yeah. And then you just go around the corner and a bloody big alien pops out. And little face huggers are crawling along the floor and sometimes they jump on your face and they're right oh, up wow. on your camera. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty uh, cool. It's a simple uh, corridor-based uh, first-person shooter. Is it like kind of like Doom? It's kind of like Doom, yeah. Oh, okay, that's in the really fact, cool then. People I'll give it a try. Criticise it slightly because it's not incredibly original, but it is a very solid, everyone agrees it's a very solid, well-made game with plenty of jumps and scares as well. I'll uh, have to give it a check. Yeah, that sounds yeah. cool. Bug I also played. Uh, you've heard of that? It's yeah, a, yeah. Saturn game. There was a second one as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bug two, but spelled yeah. T O O. How clever! Um, yeah. But it's it's really cool because it, it's kind of halfway between two D and three D, uh, and it's like nothing else I've ever played. So that that was quite fun. Uh, Clockwork Night. I was going to ask how that was. It's great. Yeah, is it good? Re- really good. It actually reminds me an awful lot of Toy Story and the Mega Drive. Oh, okay. But no one. I see. Like no, oh. no, I didn't play anything like that yet. But. Uh, of course, the setup is the toys come to life in a bedroom, and it's like Toy oh, Story. Oh, right, okay. That's um, it. I yeah, keep saying it. I'm going to stop saying it. It's it's a fun 2D platform with a few uh, unique ideas, so uh, enjoyed that one. Uh, I'm trying to remember, because I played a lot, and I did have it all written down, but I, I forgot. It's okay. Uh, I, well, I lost Oh, we've both played down. a lot, man. Um, yeah. This is this is where we're at this week, because kind of, I haven't been on for three weeks, and Matt hasn't done a regular podcast for the last no we're just of kind either, of having so. a catch-up and talking about game and stuff from now on we're going to try and make it so it's listenable as opposed to like me and tom well, from this about point in, from this point in the show now no, it's going to be think, <laughs> you know we've been talking okay like, i think it's been good i, I just don't think quite you know Let, let's move we've got kind of a system we've got we've got like i came back from the uk and then we started talking about the games we were playing yeah we? and that, that that's that's saturday yeah the day after so we play these Saturn games. Yeah, we've got a structure now. Exactly. We're good. That's the word, structure. Structure. Um, and we played some Japanese PS2 games. We did. Because, oh, I can tell a story now. Okay. About well, my Japanese can. PS2. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, so for regular to the podcast, you may know I bought a Japanese PlayStation 2 some time ago. It was delivered to the UK, so on my last trip back to the UK, I, I, I picked it up. Um, brought it back with me to Denmark. In transit, I had a... Disaster. Well, yeah, you could say that. Uh, I had a bit of a panic on at, at the airport. Uh, when you go through customs, I, I had a bag, hand luggage full of consoles. This was a Saturn and the PS2 and loads of cables and controllers and a few games and such. And, of course, th- these x-ray scanners, they can't see through all that because there's a lot of stuff going on. So they ask you to take stuff out, just like you take a laptop out and put it through separately. So I'd taken my... Japanese PS2, my Saturn out separately, put them in another tray, gone through. See, I got to the end and I had to put everything back in the bag, which was a task in itself. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd, I'd placed the Saturn and the PS2 to one side while I was putting everything else in. I, tr- I was felt like I was being hurried as well because there are other trays coming through, you know. It's well, definitely. Like a production I mean, line. You know, anyone that's been to Stansted, man, <laughs> knows they're just trying to get you out of there as fast as they possibly can. So I was can. maybe being, being quite quick and not doing it as you know, properly as I probably should have done considering what I was carrying around with me. And somehow, I knocked my PlayStation 2 uh, off the counter onto the floor. And it landed with a... It did. I didn't see it land. I just heard something. 
I zipped round and saw it. It had actually come out of the bubble wrap bag that it was in. It wasn't secured in a bubble wrap ba- bag. This was a problem. It had actually slipped out of oh, it. Oh, man. And it landed with a crash on the floor, on the hard Be floor. Be generous with your tip, Tom. I know. I wrapped that satin up good as well, and that wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. The problem, I think, with that PS2 is it's too light. It just glides through the air. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like in awe, like watching a car crash. I just saw it there with its little disc uh, door open there and thinking, oh, shit. So I picked it up and I looked at it and it looked, it looked fine. You know, the, the lid wasn't broken. It, switched, it clicked back on. And I was like, there was a slight little dent in the corner of it. Very, very minor cosmetic Honestly, damage. I didn't even notice it until you pointed it well, out. But it frustrated me so much because this thing I got was like new, like never been used. The controller hadn't even been opened or taken out of the plastic bag it was with it. It still had the actual cellophane over the uh, PlayStation uh, logo. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it was mint. And I know we talked about mint games earlier and not yeah. being too bothered, but at this point I had, it was a special thing for me. I'd waited a long time to get a Japanese PS2 and to think I'd, I damaged it and maybe it didn't work, I was a bit worried. Yeah. So got back to Denmark and, and Matt, um, was there waiting up for me at whatever time it was. It was about night. 12, I think. It wasn't yeah. that late. So it was nice to see a friendly face that arrived. I probably looked panicked and exhausted. You did. He texted me out of <laughs> sheer desperation on his way when he was going to get the bus. He just went, I dropped my PS2. <laughs> and it, yeah, it worked. It, yeah, it all turned out <laughs> fine. It, honestly. but And we spent the majority of uh, Saturday afternoon playing uh, a collection of mostly... Uh, Japanese PS2 fighting games. We did um, some 2D, some arena-based. Mm. Go on, what was your favourite? Um, I actually, to be honest with you, I think my favourite of them, D.O.N. Oh, Battle Stadium D.O.N. Yeah, um, Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto. A, a kind of a Smash Brothers clone. Thing, yeah. like the same as uh, the game we played after that, Dream Stars, TV. TV mix, fighters. Something, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it was uh, just One Piece and Dragon Ball and, and Naruto. Naruto characters yeah. and just doing kind of the Smash Bros thing, you know. There was loads of items like uh, you play. We were playing a story mode because we didn't read Japanese, so we just kind of mashed X until it started. And or circle in the case. Of or Japanese. circle <laughs> in the case of the Japanese. And yeah, we played it. It was cool. Like we got to pick up like Goku's uh, stick from the anime and whack people with the really long stick that extends. And it was incredibly easy. It was incredibly <laughs> easy. And then we got a really cheesy anime-esque cell-shaded sequence then that kind of like was like, yeah, we're all amazing! And they had a little party at the end. They did have a great. little party. Uh, but what stood out for me with this game was it was very well done and very uh, it felt very... Um, the control, very tight and uh, smooth. And it's overly a very enjoyable, bright coloured and fun game yeah and like <laughs> unlike the other games I think we played after it uh, every character felt well rounded from yeah. what we'd seen it was effortless yeah you know it, it was, was just, good it was a very good game yeah uh, so so moving on we played the, the Dream Mix TV which is an interesting little thing it's a combination of Konami uh, Takara and Hudson, Hudson characters yeah. so of course, the first match, as I posted on Le Twitter, was um, Optimus Prime versus Bomberman. Bear in mind Optimus this... Optimus Prime throws Bomberman. Yeah. It's a weird thing that they haven't really... And there might be more to it. Maybe there's a lot of button pressing and stuff involved in it. But from what we could tell, there was a block button, 
there was a punch, there was a kick, and then there was like a special. Mm-hmm. In the case of Optimus Prime, he transformed into a truck and either did kind of like a sweep kick with his trailer or he drove into you and there was no rhyme or reason to it. You just press circle and he did something. And then Bomberman, of course, just dropped bombs and they were timed so you could just move out quite, of the way. Yeah, quite awkward that. So I think uh, Optimus had the advantage there. Yeah, our uh, best match. Best though. match was Barbie versus the, the guy Bay from Beyblade. <laughs> and the guy from Beyblade was just, you press circle and he throws a Beyblade and some dragon thing comes out and causes a tornado. And Barbie's was just like, I love you. And then it sucked your health out of you. Yeah, the idea of this game is to collect hearts. And it's the one with the most hearts at the end of the match. Wins. Yeah, once you, there was kind of like a meter, like a, a tug of war meter yeah, at the once bottom. You've got once so you've got many so many hearts, hearts, you get the ability to get the... Like, you might the, the steal the heart of the other person. Yeah, the, the, there's like a special heart. And the first one to grab that wins if you've got enough hearts yeah i think right? so yeah. that's pretty much a description of it yeah, it was kind of fun it wasn't great though like it's worth a bash yeah, for the sheer spectacle yeah and it didn't cost you that much anyway did it no no very affordable a lot of these uh, japanese fighters were um trying to think of another we played the evangelion, the evangelion battle orchestra, orchestra which is probably the weakest of the arena fighters i thought, I thought it was a bit Asked, we didn't really get to grips with it too much. No. Uh, there seemed to be more to it. There were I was discovering some new moves as we played, uh, but okay. we didn't play it for long. No, it just it wasn't that fun, really. No. Like compared to the other ones. And then we played uh, some two D fighters, or you did with Austin, anyways, our friend who came oh, over. Oh yeah, we played Rumblefish. Rumblefish, it looked really cool. Really nice looking two D fighter Rumblefish. I forget the. Exactly the the team that made it. It's published by Sega, right? Yeah, well. uh, but I think they've got like a heritage. I think they they, they developed some other games and then broke off no, the, okay. and and developed this you know. as a passion project. And then yeah, I think it's kind of like how uh, what was that? What's that studio broke off from Rare and made like Time Splitters? Free Radical. Oh, free Radical, yeah. It's kind of like that kind of idea. You or know. kind of like one of the many studios that broke off from Squaresoft <laughs> and is now blatantly obvious when all their releasings... They announced the new Star Ocean game and you have yeah. no idea how excited I was yeah. and it's a trading card game oh, for I iOS. Yeah. I was like, when they do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to cut a long story short, we're, we're rambling here. Uh, Rumblefish is a very nice game with a really nice 2D visual aesthetic, but it looks like the characters are rendered in 3D. But it doesn't feel like they are. It feels like they're 2D. Okay. Uh, but it plays great. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. Look cool. Something a bit different. I look well. forward to playing it. Yeah, we, we need to play that a bit more. Do you play anything else? Uh, actually, uh, short of like playing some Game Boy games and all I've really played since you've been home is Kid Dracula. I mm. took it in my bedroom. I was playing it last night under the covers like a child. Like and the Game and Wario yeah, game. Yeah, like the Game and Wario <laughs> game. Um, I recently purchased a American 3DS. You did? Yes, I did. And I, now I understand why Nintendo can't um, region lock the console, um, which might be interesting to some people. Region unlock? Yeah, they can't. <laughs> it's obviously, as we know, it's region locked. So there's a PAL version, there's a Japanese version, and there's a US version. Nintendo have said that the reason behind this is they don't want people in other markets accessing things that aren't appropriate for them. And obviously... Well, how do they decide what's appropriate? Yeah, but like obviously there's different classification boards in each yeah. country. Um, perfect example of this, Saints Row 4. It, 
is having to be re-edited to be released in Australia because it's so oh, strict. Yeah, always happens in Australia. Yeah. And Germany. You yeah. See they have an issue. But they regulate everything, obviously. And Nintendo then said, well, you know, we're trying to make everyone happy because Nintendo are trying to be a family company. Guys are super rad. Well, they're just kind of saying about the business practices in Nintendo in the wake of uh, Evo. Did you hear about this? Um, people paid uh, $95,000 were donated... Um, to breast cancer, I think it was, and the winner of whatever game was the most money oh, donated so they, they would let play. Smash Brothers and they wouldn't the let Evo. Smash Brothers be played because of this whole licensing thing with Nintendo games, and they wouldn't let anyone put them on YouTube anymore without ads and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, they said this, and they tried to pull it from Evo, even though it was like the most watched game ever afterwards when it was all resolved. And they were just kind of saying, no crappy the business practices are and stuff there at the moment mm. and things so I was like, tend yeah. to need to address this bad pr they do um you know they in the wake of them kind of going well yeah we're developing new franchises we're trying to do things and in all fairness like before this i was kind of on board with them because i've been watching a great thing on youtube called uh cron nintendo he's literally playing every single game for the famicom and nintendo and then talking briefly about them and how they compare to each other and all wow, this kind of stuff. That's a big task. It's a, definitely a big task. Sounds like a Matt Boyle task. It does sound like a Matt <laughs> Boyle task. Notice how I'm keeping stum <laughs> about the Mario. Um, <laughs> and he... Yeah, he's just playing through them. Um, unlike Nintendo, like a Famicom in Japan, not a lot of third party. Like, mm. it starts to show because the Nintendo games, before they take on Hudson and one or two other companies to develop with them, start to get a bit weak. But, like, Nintendo just developed everything for, like, the first two or three years of that console, essentially. And, like, it kind of gives me hope, because I know, obviously, what a runaway success the NES was. And, I mean, obviously, it didn't have the market. I mean, everything had crashed, like, Atari had gone under and stuff. And they kind of brought gaming back to the masses. But they did it all themselves. And I was kind of like, well, maybe the Wii U's got a chance. And then they do stuff like that. And they just kind of just been, like, so fixed in their ways of just like, no, we Nintendo, what we said goes. And I can only just imagine like people in Nintendo of America just going, what the hell are you doing? Don't do that. Don't block it. Don't matter if it's not like in our business practice at the moment. It's a charity event and it's the biggest fighting game thing in the world watched by yeah. loads of people online. Esports are a big deal now. And obviously someone realized that and was just like, oh crap. At least I hope that was the case. At least they weren't, you know, they were bowing under the pressure. I hope someone genuinely was just like, that's a stupid idea. Why did you say that and corrected it? I'd like to think anyways. But yeah, um, so bought this three yes. Back to the point. <laughs> and the region lock-in is because, obviously, there's no fixed account on the 3DS. Like, it isn't like PSN or Xbox Live where you have your account and you can take it with you wherever you go and you can play... PS3 games, or you can play Vita games that are all locked to your account, and this and that. Obviously, on the 3DS, as Nintendo stipulated themselves, your account is locked to, to the, the console. console. And the same as the Wii. Yeah. I don't know about the Wii U. I'm not I too sure. I think the Wii U's actually got its own thing. Right. I'm pretty sure. I think it's wise if they did go that way. Yeah, but I just don't think it'll be implemented in the 3DS. It's so dumb, isn't it, with, with the fact that if my Wii was to break down, everything that I downloaded for it, you would know, die with it, yeah. Would die with it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's possible to spend quite a lot of money on the downloadable titles, especially with the virtual console. You've definitely spent a lot so, on your Wii, right? Yeah, I'd say a fair amount. So that would be pretty tragic. Yeah. And uh, what are you playing at Nintendo? 
Yeah, exactly. That's no way to go. Pull your finger out. But no. I'd Hopefully they're realising that with the Wii U, but it's a shame <sighs> that the 3DS doesn't have this. Good things come out of stuff like this. I mean, they've been a bit stubborn about it, but so was Sony about the PS3 and the architecture of that. And they realised, and like they've been saying a lot in the press recently, like they've kind of put themselves in this ivory tower because they dominated with the PlayStation 1 and the PS2 so much that they were just like, ha, screw you developers, we'll do what we want. And they admit that was the wrong business practice. So I'm hoping Nintendo will see that now, that this kind of thing of doing silly things mm. is just the wrong thing to do and you should be embracing the people who love your product. Fortunately, well, unfortunately for me, because I bought it with a copy of Etrian Odyssey 4, which is now finally being given a power release date for October, which is nice. I'm happy that it's finally being released. But you're not like you paid any more for it. Actually, I got it cheaper, so but that... so I'm okay with it. But the main reason I got it really, other than the fact that there's a new Etrian Odyssey coming out in October in the US, uh, the fifth one, or a spin-off to it anyways, and there's also a, a new room factory. But I bought it for Shin Megami Tensei 4. Solid have, game. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome. I've never played a proper Shin Megami Tensei game before. I, I love it. It's such a cool concept. It's kind of, think of it kind of like Pokemon. You're a samurai who goes into like a demon world and then you can have a chance to talk to the demon. You can kind of try and trick or persuade the demon by like letting it take some of your health or whatever to join you and then it becomes one of your party members. And then there's a whole breeding system where you can breed the demons together to make a better demon and they then boost your party and stuff. It's such a really cool game. Ridiculously hard. Honestly, it's such a hard game and like the default difficulty setting that when you die the first or second time, I think it is, the game goes, okay, we admit this might be a bit too hard for you kind of thing. Would you like to turn the difficulty down? And since then, it's been challenging, but it's not been a problem. Mm. But like there's even like harder modes and there's like a silly hard mode. But For those who want to punish themselves. Yeah, it hasn't got a power release date yet, but American listeners, get on it, honestly. I've heard it goes a bit off the rails at the end, story-wise, but so far, it's just been oh. great. Mm-hmm. Other game I've been playing on my PAL release one, Project X-Zone. Oh, most, you like this Most one. fun I, game yeah. I've played all year. Oh, it looks like a riot. It looks very silly. It's not, over the top. Yeah, it's completely bonkers. It's another crossover game. It's um, Capcom, Sega, and Namco Bandai. And so, obviously, it's a lot of RPG characters, you know. There's uh, the people from Dot Hack and the Xeno Saga games are in it. You've also got, like, Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. There's the Darkstalkers guys in it. Dante's in it. Mega Man's in it. It's amazing. It's just loads of cool characters interacting in a way they really shouldn't. No, I don't think so. At least I haven't unlocked him yet. He might be later on. Could you imagine it if it's Sega characters? You'd have like, you've got uh, what's Akira from Virtual Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. Maybe he's they're in just there. addressing some of the uh, lesser characters or yeah. the less well known. Alex Kid. Alex the Kid. I don't know. I haven't got that far. I'm halfway through the game because it's a very long game. It's like forty yeah. hours of gameplay. I got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm finishing this now. I'm starting to wrap up the story. Halfway through, but honestly, it's not. A chore to play, it's fun, it's one of those games you can pick up and play. It's got quick save implemented, so you can literally save it wherever you want and turn it off. The best way I can describe it to you, if you like um, role-playing games and tactical role-playing games, it's kind of got the system of Final Fantasy Tactics, where it's all square-based and you move around with the units, 
But then the the fighting is kind of like the tail series where it's button presses with arrow directions and then you do and launch these crazy attacks. Mm-hmm. And you get like partners come in, like in um, Marvel vs. Capcom, who are kind of act as breakers and they do combos with you. Honestly, even if you're not really into JRPGs, see if there's a demo. Because it's a there really... There is a demo. Is a demo. Yeah. Download the demo. Honestly, it's such a fun game. doesn't take itself seriously. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, honestly, those are really the only two games I've hardcore played. I'm really excited to get Pikmin tomorrow, and I'll also get the new Luigi U, because I have three gig of hard drive space, and I can't download it, so I bought a physical copy. Um, with a nice green box. It will come in a nice <laughs> green box, which will blend our Wii U and Xbox collection seamlessly they together. Sit on the same shelf. Yes. <laughs> yes. Controversial. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's all I've been playing. Um, what did you play when you were home, Tom? Did you get up too much? I played Tomb Raider again. You played Tomb Raider again. <laughs> Every time, <laughs> I only seem to play Tomb Raider when I go back to the UK. Uh, we're talking about the most recent Tomb Raider game, which I love. I found out well back in the UK that my little cousin who's 10 had completed it. So would I, on our second <laughs> podcast. Get with the times, what Barry. What a game though, yeah, like it. Uh, played it for a bit more than over an hour. I like yeah. the fact you can raid tombs in it. All six of them. Is there only six? Yeah, and she makes a joke about hating tombs. Because that's like an optional thing, isn't it? To yeah, raid, it's, well, it's just like Assassin's Creed. Like Assassin's Creed's got these side mission yeah. things. And then I found a tomb, and it's quite a funny little puzzle, and then it said, Tomb Raided! And I was like, that's funny, it's called yeah. Tomb Raider. Uh, <laughs> Zing! <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a fantastically well-made game, and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, so played that a bit. I was intending to play a bit of Arkham Asylum, not Asylum, City. the other one. City, sorry. Uh, but I never got around City. to it. Never got around Why to it. Why has R. Kelly not done a song? Go Just on. Gotham City, but Arkham City. That was from Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> that's why he's not done it, because R. Kelly's a bit strange. <laughs> and that's not a good he's film. He's still in that closet. <laughs> he is, he's trapped in that closet. Um what else? Uh, uh, Donkey Kong King of Swing was probably my most played game. Yeah, so it sounded really cool. Game Boy Advance game. For those not familiar, it's a, a climbing platform game. I use the L and R buttons uh, to alternate uh, the ha- Donkey Kong's arms and what he's holding on to. You alternate between them to climb, and then 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 you have to uh, pull levers and move platforms, and it gets a little bit more complicated later on. But really good, fun, pick-up-and-play game. I, I would play it while my parents watch the Waltons in the evenings. Oh, great. Sit by the the family fire, yeah, yeah, drinking yeah. a nice sherry, yeah, and exactly. play some Donkey Kong. Yeah, and on, on trains, it's great. I've been playing a lot of handheld stuff, like uh, I think it's called Gianna Sisters. This is an older game yeah. that got re-released on the, uh, on the DS some time ago now. Uh, but I picked that up, and uh, it's amazing how much of a kind of homage to Mario Brothers it actually is even in the title I think we talked about it on the podcast right because they released an Xbox Live Arcade which is totally different yeah and uh, my understanding was that the game I played on Xbox Live or whatever uh, was the original game just done up with fancy graphics it's not in the original game it's totally different the level design everything it's more like Mario Brothers oh that's it uh in the uh, more recent arcade title, when you change characters to the punk Gianna, uh, it changes the world entirely. The world changes to a yeah. kind of like a hellish, nightmarish world. And, when, yeah. and then he goes back to a sunny 
nice world. Um, but uh, in this one, you kind of get turned into the punk version when you get a power-up, like in Mario, and you oh, remain okay. in that state until you get hit. That's really cool. And then cool. you turn to the other one has got... And, and the punk version fires fireballs, like Fire Mario. Oh, amazing. Uh, he, she, she jumps and hits her head on boxes and gets uh, gems out of them and, and yeah. power-ups and such. Uh, there's a few unique things uh, in the DS version, uh, like uh, the ability to get in little bubbles and use the microphone to blow at the screen to move the bubbles cool. around. Uh, the work that's gone into this is is fantastic because the an- the animation is really nice. Pixel art's really nice. The music is fantastic. Yeah, it's really well done soundtrack. Uh, it, for those after a straightforward platform game in a similar vein to Mario, I honestly think this is the closest thing you can get to Mario Brothers, and it's it's got its own unique ideas as well. It's very fun. I really want to play that now. I was going to pick it up. Purely because I saw a few copies of it back home, and from what I understood, it was quite obscure, and it seems to be yeah. quite readily available now, which yeah. is great. Maybe because the Xbox release, they've released mm. it. And I, and I really like to play the the, be- the original, which this DS is a remake of, on the I think the Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Can anyone help me with this? Because I've got an Amiga, uh, and I don't know what the difference between a Commodore sixty four and an Amiga is. Tape. Really. I think so. So, so yeah, it's tapes. Well, I had a it? Commodore 64 and it was tapes. Yeah. It could, I think there may have been a disc. So I can't remember. But I also had an Amiga, but I had one of the later ones, not the 500. Yeah, like I you've don't got. think this game's available on Amiga unless there is a floppy version for a, a floppy based Commodore 64 that works on the Amiga. Possibly. If you know, because uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of guys who collect like Amiga yeah, and uh, Spectrum my, um, stuff. Knowledge on this subject because I'm, I'm more of a console gamer, so I, I know a little bit more about Nintendo bit before and our Sega. time, I guess. Um, and I picked up my Amiga just purely because I wanted to play some games that were only available on that format that I remembered from, from my youth. A friend of mine had one and we used to yeah. play it quite a lot. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's a great game for the DS. Um, been playing those mostly. I didn't mention it before, but I also played the original Tomb Raider on the Saturn, which holds up very well. Better on the Saturn than the PS One? Don't know. I never played on PS One. Oh, I, I played it originally on the PC, so much better than the PC because okay. on the controller. Uh, oh, one thing I didn't realize is in the Saturn version, there's save points, and like in the PC version, you can save anywhere. Oh, yes, yeah, like that in the PS One version, because I kept dying. There's a bit where you have to jump over a pit. Then yeah. the first tomb and there's two wolves. And when I was a kid, I kept dying on that. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. And so, so there is a save. There are save system. points in yeah. the PS1 oh, version. Oh, interesting. Uh, so it's, that's great game, you know, and I keep thinking for the time, it must have been amazing to behold. The first, one of the first real full 3D based adventure. I remember games. getting it on Christmas morning. Uh, my brother got Tomb Raider. I got Tekken and Rayman, which I was really gutted about. And I, I've discussed this before. I didn't really know why because looking back, like my mum and dad always bought me like platformers. Like uh, mm. Kirby was the first game I got with my Game Boy, Kirby's Dreamland. And I, I kind of looked at that at the time, I think, and was like, oh, what's this? I want Mario. And mm. I played it and loved it. I think it's probably the game I've played most in my life I've clocked up so many hours playing Kirby just cause mm. completing it and completing it because it's the only game I had for a very long time on my Game Boy mm. um, but I got my brother got Tomb Raider and I got Rayman and I was a bit get, a bit disappointed because I wanted Ridge Racer because I'd seen the bundle with Ridge Racer and Tekka and my mum and dad were like well you don't like racing games which is true I don't even know why I wanted it 
And so I got Rayman. Loved Rayman. Was playing it and stuff. And my brother was like, should we have a game of Tomb Raider? And just putting that in. And just going from hardcore Super Nintendo and NES. And just seeing like 3D game and just playing it. And just how smooth it felt. And it is and smooth Tomb Raider. I have this visions of Tomb Raider back from when I used to play it on PC were being very jerky and but Lara does actually move with quite quite a bit of grace apart from when you need to get you need to waddle around to get exactly lined up for a jump you know when you're yeah. holding down a button to make a walk she's got a very kind of like swagger hit, swagger swagger walk but she's well animated um the breasts are a little angular in the first uh, Tomb Raider aren't they yeah, <laughs> always looks so. a bit peculiar polygons like, of course on the PC you used to play it with the uh, not a very good graphics processor, so they probably looked worse on the PC. <laughs> P- purely pyramids coming yeah. out of the chest. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. And nice soundtrack as well on Tomb Raider. Where it's used, you know, it's used quite sparingly, but uh, it is, yeah. well, when they use it, it really helps for the atmosphere. Oh, God, you're right, yeah. Because yeah. I remember there's moments of that game like um, where you first climb up after you kill the first wolves you encounter. It's just silence. Oh, it is. Mostly yeah. it is just silence, yeah. I never really thought about that before. Yeah. That's cool. Tomb Raider, ahead of its time. Definitely. Uh, paved the way f- for a lot of games. Setting ambiance yeah. since uh, 1994. I also downloaded uh, Tomb Raider 2. It was an offer on the PlayStation Network store. So I played that again. And uh, yeah, that's still good. Great. <laughs> it's um, It doesn't quite have the, the same... Draw as the original Tomb Raider, the same atmosphere. I hate in that game. Uh, but Tomb Raider Two still, still quality. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You remember when the end? You've played the end of Tomb Raider. What with the big Tomb Raider One? Weird. Where it got really thing. bloody weird. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like corridors of like red corridors of like blood and yeah. It's like you inside some sort of creature, and it was just like a big, like maggot thing. Yeah, fight, right. God, yeah, and really weird enemies later on. Yeah, Too but like that, weird. that end battle as well. Like I kept dying because I kept running off the edge by accident, and yeah. then like Lara falls a really, really long drop, and she like screams the entire time, and then just gets impaled on spikes. Yeah, feels that like, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah, I just remembering the end of Tomb Raider. Um. Yeah, there was crocodile. Remember Tomb Raider 2 didn't have a dinosaur at one point? Yeah, it did. <laughs> There's T-Rexes in there. God, yeah. I'm going to have to replay both these games. They're again. a lot of fun in that series. Yeah. Okay, I think the third one's even more bizarre. Yeah, but I've not played the third one ever. Yeah, really? It's the only one third I haven't played, I think. Yeah. My memories were... I had um, Re- Last Revelation and Tomb Raider Chronicles for the Dreamcast, and I got them quite cheap. And uh, My memories of them were, oh yeah, this is still the same sort of thing shouldn't yeah. it have evolved by now it's still very similar it did uh, on the original like on the birth of the xbox 360 though right they, they did with tomb raider legends which yeah. uh i think the biggest thing about that was the, the ease ease of movement in that game was amazing you know, never felt quite as free as lara no definitely you know, not yeah. and uh, the climbing and stuff was good yeah. Especially and for the time, like obviously, like things like Uncharted came out then and kind of pushed yeah. the boundaries, and then Assassin's Creed came out and that pushed it more. I think, I think Crystal but Dynamics have done a good job at rejuvenating the Tomb Raider series. I think they're the right people for the job, and Definitely. I imagine it had been done any better than what they've done with it. Yeah. So high praise. Yeah. Right, I send on that then. I mm. guess. It's been high a nice point. chat. I think we've covered most things. It has. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, we've bought a lot more. We've played a lot more. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get back point. to our regular format next time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we readjust it. But 
if there's anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, let us know on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, or on Twitter, if you don't follow us already, at TMA Cast. And it's been great chatting this evening, Matt. It's good to be back doing this. Yeah, great. A couple of weeks. Moving on. 2013, going strong. Yeah, still 2013. Still 2013, <laughs> like when we started the podcast. <laughs> oh, doesn't that seem like a long time ago? I know, we've done a few episodes now. We've done, this is the 16th? 16th. Wow. Great well, time. I've only done technically, what have I done? That's two than You've done 14. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slow math day, it's late. <laughs> slow math day. That's going to be the episode title. Uh, right, um, okay. Yeah, until next time, guys. Game on. Game See on. See you soon. Bye. Bye.